Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Right. This is going to be fun. Up we go. Into time and space. Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. Well, March has arrived and is now ending. Yes, <laughs> yes. And with it, it is bringing, hopefully, spring. Right. Um, I'm not setting the scene, I'm just saying we wait for the last minute to do this podcast, because with every month, of course, we like to focus on the Doctor and the of the month and the video that we watch explaining him. And so this is March. That will bring us to John Pertwee and the Third Doctor. Hooray! And we've also been really busy, so trying to get anything in, like watching a an entire season of Doctor Who has been an adventure. <laughs> yes, of course, we'll be referencing the Clever Dick Films uh, video on the Third Doctor. For those interested, we'll, of course, link, as always, in the show notes. This is under the Doctor Who Review Part 4, the John Pertwee era on YouTube. So first we'll talk about the video and I really enjoyed this because this is the first time I'd seen every episode they referenced in the video. <laughs> yes, yes. Well of course one of the things they talked about, obvious perhaps, but when we're talking the third doctor of course, we're talking about the first colorized yes, Doctor Who. Yes, it's like walking into the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and of course the video makes the point that even though it was in color, not necessarily many televisions in Britain were, but nevertheless. Yes, the, it, it's the idea that counts. That's right. It's the idea that, that counts. That's what trying. And so I definitely did sort of change the era of the monochrome to the color and, you know, for whatever little it does, it does sort of change... It does sort of set that separation between the classic Doctor errors, you know, one and two, and then three through seven. You think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you tend to, or at least I tend to view the first and second Doctors being so long ago, um, which, of course, the third and fourth Doctor were as well at this point, but, you know, color does make everything seem different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, of course, he talked about, of course, the actual new Doctor himself, John Pertwee. What would you think about learning a little bit more about his background? I didn't realize that he had such a comedic background. Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized he had that much background to begin with. Right. So, that was very interesting. Yeah. Because I certainly knew about his military background, is because you can Mm -hmm. always see his tattoo often. Yes, yes. It was interesting, and and especially for this role, that eventually... uh, transformed into sort of this action hero, for lack of a better word, role. You know, certainly uh, not as comedic. Um. Yeah, no, and and the, the video really talks about the director or the showrunner telling Pertwee that he wanted Pertwee to be more Pertwee. That's right, let Pertwee uh, be true. Let, yeah, can't say it again, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as easy as you <laughs> thought it was, is it? <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's an interesting man and or doctor, you know. Again, how much was who and who much was how? Because um, he is sort of this gentleman doctor, but he's not like uptight gentleman. No, no not at all. Mm-hmm. Not he's at just all. posh, Although, I guess. Just posh, and yeah, he does have a cape. Right. So there's that. Yeah, it's not easily explained away. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he he definitely you know having at least we what 
you know, finished watching the first series, which we'll talk about here. Um, but yeah, he's, he certainly is approachable, I suppose, in some ways as a doctor. Yes. Yeah. I like him. I really like John Pertwee. Yeah. There's something quite sweet about him. And of course the show talked about, or the video talked about how, I guess due to budget concerns, yep. they stranded the doctor on earth. Um, and they talked about the series. I've already forgotten it. Do you remember the series? The we heard about they talked about it was kind of the idea of how to base this new series on the old British series with the oh, scientist. Some uh, doctor is something with a Q, wasn't it? Quasar Q, uh, or something like that. Quartermaster, yes. But anyway, yes, it's a older British show, of course. Um, yeah, we're not going to look it up. But anyway, <laughs> yes, it's something like Quasar or Quartermaster or something. It was the person's name because obviously that's what British shows do. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting that they basically wanted this sort of idea of the lone hero on Earth battling. Um, and I guess I never thought about this as that the Doctor, or the third Doctor, but we're just going to say the Doctor. The Doctor's often fi- fighting bureaucrats or, you know... Yes, they were talking about how having him stranded on Earth then limited the bad guy options. Um, It was either mad scientists or, I forget what the other option was, yeah. Bureaucrat, (laughs) I think, yeah. But but it was also interesting, I guess they said the writer, I'm trying to remember, we only watched the video yesterday, I've already forgotten everything, but anyway, how this was actually a bit of a radical agenda, quote unquote, about, uh, with the doctor, you know, sort of attacking the, the... the man and the bureaucracy mm. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and be, I say small R radical, of course. To, um, but, you know, sort of just standing up for different things. That from the, um, and I'm trying to remember. So this, Barry Letts, I, I, you know, Barry Letts eventually took over. He's not who started with the third doctor, but he is who ended with the third doctor. But I can't remember the other writing team, of course. Um, though I think Barry started as a writer and then rose up to script supervisor. <laughs> which rise is what, up. Which is what they called the showrunners or the de facto showrunners back then. But anyway. Yeah, and so actually, I, I, for the video, I think this was one, this would be sort of a backhanded compliment, this is a video that only focused on the Doctor, because I think with the first and, and second um, Doctor videos, they've talked you know, different about like, specific aliens, or they talk about the overall background of the show. This third Doctor video is basically about the third Doctor. Yes. Uh, yeah. Straight on, we don't talk about necessarily any special villain, you know, just talk about, so. Although... Mm-hmm the master yes that's true um and he uh, he did editorialize about that there were too many master stories now having not seen all of the third doctor yet you know i i i have that opinion about uh ansley uh master which we'll see uh fourth through seventh doctor i think there are way too many master stories so sounds like that began with the third doctor as well yes and i also um they talk about the the man who plays the Delgado. doctor. Right, yep. Delgado. And that they were planning on killing him off never to be seen again, mm-hmm. but the actor died before mm-hmm. they could film it, and that's how the master has... Lived on. Lived on. Although I'm sure that even if they'd managed to kill him off... <laughs> it still would have brought him back. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at Big Finish, and there's a new eighth doctor. I think the title is Ravenous 4. It's a series. I just wanted, um, and they have him with like four of the masters. Ooh. So it's Eric Roberts again, of course. His original, his, his master, his master, and yeah. then Missy, and then I can't remember what the other ones were. But anyway, so that was an interesting. So it goes to show you, of course, the master stories obviously still continue. Yep, absolutely. Regeneration, yo. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
having actually watched the first series, and we don't necessarily have to talk about every serial, but just to go through the third Doctor's first series, I forget what the actual number is of the series. But anyway, we have the serials are Spearhead from Space, Doctor Who and the Silurians, The Ambassadors of Death, and Inferno. So any particular way you want to tackle that watching your first first series of a classic era in order with a yeah. new doctor. Yeah, well, I think we have to go in order, at least okay. briefly. So the Spearhead, we this is actually our second time, us watching it for my third or fourth minute this time, um, introduces, of course, the third doctor and unit and mm-hmm. the unit team and Liz, his new uh, assist. I don't know. For some reason, it feels weird just calling her a companion. I don't know why. For some reason, in my mind, since she's not traveling in time and space, it's more assistant yeah. than well, companion. Well, and that's kind of, I mean, she's hired... To work with unit, right. so um, it's a little bit more uh, forced. Isn't necessarily the right word, but a little more static yeah. in her job. Uh, she's not somebody who volunteered to go traveling with the doctor. Right, she's just Liz Shaw, doctor, scientist, attached to unit or reassigned to unit or whatever, and we go from there. Yeah. So, yeah, because she didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I thought Spearhead was very interesting. Uh, you know, it's your usual, well, in some ways, it's your usual, inter- you know, new doctor, doesn't know everything, um, not awake for half the show. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know, he, he gets his, he, you see him get his costume, he gets falls in love with the car, and steals it, and then has to put it back at the end, but then he demands his own car. He, he At the end of the episode, he has a rider. Basically saying, yep. I'll he come he refused to come out of his trailer. <laughs> yes, unless he got until his he got his car. Bessie. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I thought it was a good introduction. I still think the wheelchair uh, chase is funny, hilarious. Yeah, uh, but I guess that was maybe his comedic chops coming out. Abs- right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, see, I think we see the comedic chops most in this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and and from what I remember, having watched it two times in say a year, uh, you know, it's it's uh, not a bad story not necessarily a great one it's 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 typical doctor who if you're looking yeah. for just a regular old yeah i would agree film. with that yeah. then we get of course the introduction of your favorites yes the silurian the silurian looking a little bit different obviously than in our modern era but we still get uh to, you know we get the <laughs> the random uh you know tyrannosaurus rex or whatever it was it just was hiding in the cave yes and yep that's always fun mm-hmm. yeah and the good Silurians and the bad Silurians. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, an, an interesting, it kind of reminds me maybe of even like the Torchwood uh, doctor relationship um, or, uh, oh, Lordy, I should know her name as much as she carries her ID, but the Prime Minister. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. Um, right. Oh, gosh, I can see I know, that. right? Because she always carries the ID. <laughs> yep. But anyway, the Prime Minister and the Tenth Doctor. But anyway, uh, the point is that the Brigadier, you know, spoilers, right, um, blows up the Silurians at the end of this, which is not what the Doctor wanted. No. And so you sort of see often, you know, and the Brigadier is more than just, you know, wants to kill everything. I mean, that's not totally his character, but that is what he does. Um, and so that sort of conflict between the... And this is exaggerated, of course, but the peaceful doctor and the warlike general. Warmongering. Exactly. So, but yeah, it was it was an interesting introduction. And, and of course, most of these, I'm trying to think spirited off the top of my head. I want to say it's four, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, most of these serials are seven parts. What did you think of how... That got so long. Mm-hmm. All of them? 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, you know, when we're trying to watch them in a row kind of thing. Right. um, It felt long. These are not necessarily bingeable. Right. I think is, is the problem with it. I think on a weekly basis, that arc would not have been a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, trying to binge them, I'm like, dear God, is it not over yet? We've been <laughs> sitting here for hours. <laughs> it's been two minutes. Um, <laughs> it feels, never mind. And then it has the Ambassadors of Death. This is um, interesting. It's still a weird, little weird to me. Um, the storyline was a little weird of, of of them having the the astronauts up there, oh, right. chilling yes. in the lounge. Yeah, and then you have the because the ambassadors the, the, or the alien ambassadors. We never actually well, we see them being controlled, but I, to me the, the 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 actual plot. Like if you told me what is actually the villain's plot, I'm not sure I quite get it. I mean. You know, they intercepted the messages and they grabbed the ambassadors instead of letting them, you know, go be the delegation and then took them over somehow and are using them to blow up people because Yeah, the reasons. end game is never a hundred percent clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are you going to do when you have control over these guys? Mm-hmm. Although there was the the guy who was like, We just need to attack. Mm-hmm. That and so we're going to use these ambassadors to make everybody scared of the aliens. Oh, that's so you're right. You're then right. we blow up war mongering. Yeah, more warmongering. That's right. You wanted to increase that military budget or yeah. something. Yes. Yeah. Don't you understand? He was pleading to the doctor. Yep, and he wanted to. I have to do this. This is the moral thing exactly, to do, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, we got to see the doctor go into space. Yes. He's been stranded for a while, so he actually did go to space and yep. got to do a little um, G-Force funning around. Yep. Yep. Also true. And then rocked up and the astronauts were like, hey, what up, yo? I know. We're just watching the match. Yeah. And it was this the one where Liz was wearing the random go-go boots? And I'm like, well, that kind of... Yes. And yes. she got, got attacked in the dock or whatever. And, yep. You know. Yep. And wearing the go-go boots. Oh, yep. That just didn't... I mean, you yeah, know, that's... She's presented as a very scientist character. I mean, I suppose she can dress how she wants in her off hours, but it just seemed weird. But I guess that's of the period. Yep. Um, then Inferno, which uh, going in, when we were at Galley Name Drop, hashtag Galley One, um, <laughs> had two different people tell us, because we had not seen it yet, Inferno is this great, great, great. And I think they're right. I mean, you know, the greatest one ever, maybe. But I mean... I think the Mirror Universe was an interesting twist. You were always going to be a fan of the Mirror Universe. Well, that's a that t- was... t- tell me about Discovery. But... Yeah, well, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's something that Star Trek has, has done. I've just never seen Doctor Who do it, I guess. No, so that's, absolutely, that, that's why, but that's why this novelty. was always going to be your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's at least a trope you're familiar with. Though it is interesting to play with that idea... Um, I like in evil universe, Britain's a Republic. So I was like, oh, okay. Yep. I see how it is. I also like <laughs> in evil universe that, um, uh, the brigadier uh-huh. is Nick Fury. <laughs> the brigade leader. Well, and yes. the eye patch and the big scar and That's right. yeah, lack of mustache. I know. How do you make the, the mustache guy evil? You take away the mustache. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. And Liz Shaw's. Mirror 
Has a wig, apparently. Uh, yes, is a brunette. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was that was. I mean, because I was you know the seven part thing still. I was like, but I think when you pad it with a Mary Universe story, um, it yeah. does make it go a little faster. Yeah, and there's you know you also get although we don't necessarily get the doctors angst over it mm-hmm. the mirror universe is destroyed yeah totally Earth totally annihilated mm-hmm. yeah um i think it might have been nice to get a little bit more angst he's just like nope can't take you with me saws <laughs> off we go oh, yeah so yeah that was definitely um well out of the four which one was your favorite um either the ambassadors of death or inferno i think i warmed up mm-hmm. uh it's an inferno joke yeah, no, I got it. I got it. But yeah, I enjoyed the Mirror Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get another little comedic turn when the Doctor is trying to make the TARDIS work and ends up in the tip. I still don't know how I got that console out of the TARDIS. No. No. That remains unclear to me. Yes. Don't see a lot of the TARDIS in this one? No. We don't, yeah, that was another thing the the video teased us. We're not going to see it until a little mid or a couple of middle of the second season here. Yeah. Which is, has been, and I mean, of course there's only four stories, so you can't really complain too much. You know, we've seen the TARDIS and he tried to escape in the first episode with Spearhead. Mm-hmm. So we've seen it, but uh, just sort of sits there in the corner of the lab, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and miraculously the console's out for a while. <laughs> well, let's get a little bit into the characters of the third doctor, the unit characters. So the unit team, of course, with a brigadier and Sergeant Benton, we've seen the most of. Captain Yates, we, we saw a little bit in some other episodes we've seen in the future, both the actual future of our future watching it, but also the other Stop. episodes we've seen. Stop. Harriet um, Jones. Harriet there Jones. you go. Yes, you're right. Yeah. That's right. Prime Minister Harriet Jones. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been percolating that in the back of my mind well, the whole Jones, time. Well, Jones is such a hard talking. name, right? Right? You know? so that's yes. Fine. Who's going to remember that? No, no. And I was like, well, it's not Smith. I know it's not Smith. <laughs> no, that's the doctor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so what, what do you think of the unit characters? I like Benton. He's cute. Yeah. Evil Benton? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you just sort of have that 70s man look of the yeah. hair and the yeah know. yeah he was definitely in cigarette ads <laughs> <laughs> when i'm not fighting aliens i like to enjoy a nice cool yeah. something something yeah <laughs> it's yeah. filtered and <laughs> of course the brigadier is always a delight yeah it, it's interesting when i was reading that um the the actors enjoyed inferno because they enjoyed playing the mary universe counterparts. oh i'm sure except for Liz. Liz. Well, she apparently was pregnant at the time. But uh, also didn't want to pretend to shoot somebody, which I just find a little strange. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I've never been pregnant and in a Doctor Who story. So Yeah, that all of those things are true. Yeah. But yeah, still yeah. a little strange. But nonetheless. Yeah. Nonetheless. And so let's talk about Liz Shaw, played by uh, Caroline John. What'd you think of Liz? Because this is all all we're seeing her seeing her is what you see. Yeah, seen. she disappears. Yeah. Contract's not renewed. Worked out fine because she was pregnant anyway. And, you know. Yeah, she's all right. Mm -hmm. She's all right. She's got her go-go boots. She is in my list. I think that she's my least favorite three companion. Okay. Um, There's not a lot to choose from. No, I know. Unless you include the unit team. And I still put her at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, she seems just a little bit stiff. Like. There's never any real warm-up. 
I don't know anything about her. I don't get to know her. I don't. The only, and this may be an unfair comparison, cause, and I'd have to watch it all, so I don't mean to be whatever, but she reminds me sort of, of the first Romana in some ways, the sort of very intelligent, I don't want to say uptight, but because you know, I don't think Liz is uptight necessarily. Um, but you know what I'm trying to say, as opposed to the second Romana, who's a little softer and funnier. And But and again, maybe that's unfair. I, I think I have to watch the fourth Doctor again, because I know that's sort of the tropey stereotype between the Romanas, but it would be interesting to watch that again and see if that's really true, and that's just what we've thought of. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, I, I think there's nothing wrong with Liz because, you know, she's sort of an atypical companion. As the video had said, we were sort of coming off the kitty companions you know mm. your jamies all those folks uh but you know and so she was more of a scientist an adult all of which are great mm. I, I can appreciate all of those things i just don't think they gave her much to do is right what it yeah. comes down to and and maybe that's you know and the video talked a little bit about the companion's job is so often to be the audience right and ask the questions that the audience have but because Liz Shaw is so smart and competent and capable on her own it didn't make sense always for her to be asking those questions and so either we're watching a scene that doesn't necessarily compute in our minds because Liz Shaw is asking questions that she doesn't necessarily need the answers to or nobody's asking those questions mm -hmm. and so it just doesn't gel as much yeah um, yeah yeah like i said because even even in her competency she's not necessarily used as that she's not like co-doctoring necessarily yeah or or yes yeah, stepping in while the doctor's in the mirror universe mm -hmm. she doesn't have a whole lot to do really right She's still often relegated to stupid and then, tasks by the Brigadier. And then they give her silly things like chasing around the docks in go-go boots, which also is completely... Yeah, I was trying to... What, was it Ambassadors? I can't remember. The Brigadier's like, oh, you go do this. And I'm like, that's nothing to do with her wheelhouse. It's like, go interview these subjects or something. I'm yeah. like, she's not a detective, you know? I yeah. don't know. But, uh... Later. Later. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like they couldn't necessarily figure out what to do with her. Mm -hmm. And so they got rid of her. <laughs> Which yeah. is what she did. So they bring in Joe Grant, played by... Katie Manning, um, who I look forward to learning more about because I've only seen bits and pieces. Mm. So what do you think or what are you going to look forward to? Yeah, again, I, I'm going to look forward particularly because we've seen her in the New Who. Right, yeah. Um, and seen her in at, real life. <laughs> yeah, at hashtag Galley One Name Drop. That's right. And she's quite delightful. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with her. Um, again, I've seen a very little bit, but not enough to really make a judgment yet. And I guess arguably, I don't have the third Doctor stories in front of me. She's sort of, at least if you do the mass, the main companion for the third Doctor. Because mm. Liz gets a year, or a season, whatever you want to call it. And I didn't realize this until watching the video. Sarah Jane's the last year of the third Doctor. And so basically Joe has sort of the meat of that sandwich of companions. Yes, yeah. And she's also, I mean, she's a little bit of an adventurous, isn't she? I mm -hmm. mean, ultimately she leaves to go off to the wilds of Africa or something. Amazon, afterwards. South yeah. Africa, you know, the whole world. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. What he does with an adventurous companion 
who can't go anywhere. Right. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting because whenever we get to the tears and the third doctor gets to use the TARDIS again, um, I'm trying to think, I mean, not counting the last serial, which is, you know, cheap planet spiders. I can't think of I've ever seen a third doctor story where he's traveling in time and space. Mm. So, well, other than the Sarah Jane one, of course, that's a history. Yes. So other than the two I've seen. And the ambassadors of death when he goes into space. Right. Well, not with the TARDIS, I guess is what I've meant. Uh, Right. So So, so that was not clear. Yeah. Probably should have made that. Joe going through time and space. Right. Oh, okay. See that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. And then so Sarah Jane, of course, to see her. We saw her introduction, but to see it again and to see that first year with the doctor. Yeah. And I love Sarah Jane. Yeah. She makes me happy. So any uh, final thoughts or any musings about the third Doctor as we continue to go into that error in the background as we continue watching him in order? Yeah, like I said, I think he's one of my favorite classic Doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why I've got such a soft spot for John Pertwee. I Mm -hmm. just really, really do. Yeah, and it's... Of course, it always depends when you were born or something, but the the videos seem to uh, uh, say that that's... Sort of as much as we think the fourth Doctor, that the for people growing up, it was the third Doctor. Mm. Um, and John Pertwee, what that make. And so, you know, years later or decades later, um, you know, fourth Doctor comes to mind. The scarf, the guy with the scarf. But third Doctor, I guess, was for a lot of people, too. Yeah. So, yeah. As it should be. Yeah. So we look forward to his action-heroing James Bonding cape adventures to come. Yes. Well, speaking of the third Doctor and his companions, we are going to take a trip into the TARDIS library. When you close your eyes... I go to the library. Go to the library now. So, we are going into the TARDIS library. Perhaps our most regretful trip. (laughs) And also possibly most random one this was quite a discovery um because you know i was doing research about the third doctor and, and obviously i was very curious about um uh liz yeah liz shaw liz shaw because you know, she was just the year her and, abrupt departure yeah and i was trying to figure out the reason i never really found a reason other than um they just didn't renew her contract but I don't know. I figured there had to be something else. Yeah, because they didn't give Liz Shaw a, any sort of exit. Yeah. And so I was curious, you know, because as we've talked before, people come back to the franchise. And I did find she does do some big finish. I mean, she's passed away now, of course, Caroline John. Um, but she d- did some big finish adventures as Liz Shaw. But it turns out, darling, this whole time <laughs> we've been lying, Torchwood is not the first spinoff it is not. of Doctor Who. It is not. Ladies and gentlemen, we were... Not, delighted is not the right word. We were aghast. Aghast is a, a, is a Gobsmacked word. to discover that the first spinoff of Doctor Who is Probe. P.R.O.B.E. Dot. Full stop. Uh, yes, uh, it is a direct-to-home video. Um, As it should be. Um, and it's, uh, I don't have it in front of me. I want to say it's five, te- I don't know what to call them, features, episodes. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah. That sounds right. The, the, apparently there's a bizarre fifth one that happened like decades later. So, But anyway, um, so we watched, and I can't believe, mm. A, I can't believe I discovered it. B, I can't believe I then found it on the internet. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll drop the link. Um, it's, but uh, do not click on it. <laughs> don't do it. Do not do it. 
So the first episode is called The Zero Imperative, and this was released, like I said, on home videos. This is BBV. Uh, it was released in January of 1994. Darling, please, please tell us the synopsis. <laughs> I am on it. Former unit luminary Liz Shaw and her assistant Lou Bayless are investigating a series of bizarre murders, all committed near a soon-to-be-closed psychiatric hospital. When the hospital is unexpectedly reprieved by rich industrialist Peter Russell, events seem to move out of Liz's control. Are the incumbent director of the clinic, Dr. Dove, and his predecessor, Dr. O'Kane, harboring the killer? What is the centuries-old horror hidden in the grounds? And what exactly is the secret of Room Zero? Right. So... I don't know where to begin. First, this was written by... Mark Gattis. Starring... Mark Gattis. Yes. And let me be abundantly clear. I love me some Mark Gattis. Love him. Love him as a writer. Love him as an actor. In both of those jobs for Probe, he was just this side of abysmal. Yes. Um, it, I forget where I was reading this. I don't know if it was Tardis Wiki or something. And he was being interviewed, and he's like, oh, you'll never find it. He's like, um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, I found it, Mark. Um, and he said, I, he, and I feel like I'm paraphrasing, but basically don't watch it. But I learned a lot of things doing that. And yes, and I can. Yeah. This is his student film. Uh, you know. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, and that is, oh, it felt like that so, so much. It felt like a student film. You know, I was interested in seeing, you know, what they did with Liz. Um, the answer is not much, apparently. No, but, but that but, is the answer, not that much. But it's interesting because they don't explain anything in the actual uh, episode about, oh, Liz, very, like, two sentences, but it's not like, uh, Liz Shaw, I'm now in probe, which is actually, it's preternatural research, which is actually does not spell probe. I just want to point that out. Um, <laughs> I don't know where the obe com comes in, preternatural research, uh, but anyway. But it's just sort of like, we just go into it, and we're in it, and we're, we're you just hold on for dear life. Yeah. And there was apparently something about, and I don't know why, considering all of the people in this production... Um, but they were not allowed for licensing reasons to mention Doctor Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. well, and literally, so, the character they can talk about other things. Yes, and Liz Shaw actually talks about the fact that she used to be in another acronym uh, acronym based group. There's literally a picture of the Brigadier. She used to be in some sort of, oh, I don't know, what do you call it? Unit or something. <laughs> um, uh, Mark, we got a, uh, no, no, we got a call from legal. No, no, you don't understand. It's, it's lowercase. Lower no dots. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we can she literally like yeah. taps the side of her nose yeah. and that's all we get. Yep. That's all we get. <laughs> well, darling, we we get a little more references to Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Just a few references. You see, uh, there are several doctors in this episode. And when I say there are several doctors in this episode, I mean all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Tom Baker is the only doctor not in this episode. Well, one and two. Yes, well. It's literally three, The only four, living doctors. It is three, four, five, and six. Not four. Three, three 
five. No, three, three, five, six, and seven. seven. Okay. Yes. John Pertwee yep. plays the well, the old guy. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. yes Sylvester yes. McCoy is the bad guy. Spoilers. The current doctor yeah. of the psychiatric. Colin hospital. Baker is the uh, Sir Whoever who has rescued the hospital. Yep. And uh, Peter Davison has a five second cameo at the end. Yep. Also, Liz Shaw's assistant. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you're right. Right. Um. Oh Lordy, what's your real name? Louise Jameson. Yep. Who who plays Leela, Fourth Doctor's, is is in there as well. Yep. And of course, Mark Gaddis. And, and Mark Gaddis. And every now and then, the characters will look at each other and say, you know, Doctor, and it's yeah. almost this wink, 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 nudge, nudge moment. It's oh, it's so bad. It is so. So very bad. I just, I spent the entire watching of this wondering where the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guys were. Because <laughs> they needed to be in on this. I, yes, I, I agree. It was, yeah, it's, it's, it's not so good. Bad. It is bad. And there's so several, bad. there's other episodes which I know I will, I will watch. I just don't know how I will watch them. But, um, <laughs> Alone, quite possibly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, probe. It's a thing. That it's out there. It, it has happened. Yep. And yes, I just I still love Mark Gattis as a writer and as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, now I didn't read. I didn't. I didn't read the synopsis because God forbid I get spoiled about any of these episodes. But I, you know, in the overview. It's implied that Liz and Louise Jameson's characters might have a relationship, making her the first LGBT Doctor Who character. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll have to see if, how much it's explicit on the screen or not. So yeah, that, that's that's what happened. Yeah. Don't go watch it. Please don't do that. Or if you do, do not tell anybody that we're the ones who gave you Recommend the idea. It. That's right. No. Mum's the word. Mum's the word. Tap side of nose. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a lot of the third doctor for this week. Um, speaking of companions, next week we are going to be having some special guests to talk about the companions of color in New Who. Which is so much fun. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to talk about some, some more recent companions. Um, hopefully they will not star in bad direct-to-video productions. Who would be the writer-director? I don't know, because Mark Gaddis is still Mark Gaddis, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, but, that's, but I guess what I'm asking is, who is the very, very green, random person who's ultimately going to end up being brilliant, but for this is bad, <laughs> writing the story about... We'll have to do our probe fan fiction where we recast everyone with new Who people. Oh, God. I don't think, no. And then rewrite the whole thing. That's right. I, 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 I could see the five-second Chris Eccleston cameo at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just looking for the James Corden carpool karaoke segment. Oh, well. Well, until next week, enjoy watching, listening, and reading about the Doctor's adventures throughout... Time and space.
This is BBC Television.